Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Can I tell you how excited I am for my chimichanga leftovers that I know are waiting for me in the fridge right now? Tell me how excited you are about them. Well, we went to dinner with my aunt earlier this, well, last week, and it's my favorite Mexican restaurant downtown and their chimichanga is amazing. And they also have a spicy jalapeno cilantro margarita and they load that sucker with like a bushel of cilantro. And it is the most delicious thing ever. I don't think I've ever put cilantro specifically in a drink before, but it's so good. But I find it interesting that I like it so much because part of my 23andMe results on the like traits that you have, I have the trait that should taste like soap. Yeah. That I'm adverse to cilantro, but it is delicious to me. I don't know, man. I love cilantro too. My thing is I'm really bad about remembering that I have cilantro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I just grow it now. So I can just like snip, snip, no, for sure. But it was literally on the top shelf and it did not make it into my Super Bowl guacamole. And I. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That is the one thing we did not have last night. So this is the day after the Super Bowl. Chiefs won. Woo! That's why we're so tired. <laughs> we were up very late. I had company until the next morning. That did not leave. And lots of children and lots of food and all of the things. But I was sitting there as we were like getting all the snacks out. And I was like, oh, we don't have guacamole. Why? How did this get missed? Oh, no. I made guacamole. And part of it, you know, I've had to get creative because like, how do you have guacamole but not add citrus to it? It's been a yeah, challenge. no one. But I did it successfully. And it was avocados, can of green chilies. A whole jalapeno, corn. I've never put corn in guacamole before. Jared really wanted to try it. It was really good. I added white vinegar to give it a little bit of that tang, a whole red onion, a ton of garlic, like literally a whole bulb of garlic. (laughs) So, so, so good. I made a cake recently that called for white vinegar. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Never have I ever. And it was the most delicious cake I've ever made oh, in my yeah. life. No, vinegar is definitely on the list of most it's like a secret ingredient. Secret ingredients. Yeah. Absolutely. Vinegar and surprisingly soy sauce. So there's some like recipes that they're like, just put a dash of soy sauce in it. Like you're not going to taste the soy sauce, but it does things. It does, it does what you need it to do. Well, because also MSG. Well, <laughs> that too. But people need to think about that to create a balanced dish, you're you're supposed to have sweet, sour, well, like all the things that appeal to people. Sweet, sour, crunchy. I can't think of all of them right now. I'm failing my top chef. I've been watching way too much Hell's Kitchen, and I did watch <laughs> the new show, Next Level Chef, which was very strange. It's literally a tower that, like, imagine a three-story building 
but the front of the building's missing so that they can have a camera swoop up and down it. And then there's three kitchens, but the bottom kitchen is like janky and like missing pots and pans and like sucks. And then like the top level is like pro level equipment and all of this stuff. And you're supposed to like rise to the top of the. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it is next level corny, but definitely sucked me in. So we'll see. I don't know if I can watch a whole season of it because it is, it's a little weird. <laughs> well, I always find the memes comparing British cooking and baking shows to American cooking and baking shows. And it's always so funny where it's like the British version is like, Oh, this is so good. Like this was your grandmother's recipe and you tried to make it come to life and, and you tried and that's what counts and it's delicious and fun and everything. And the American version is like your children's children's future education relies on you winning this competition. <laughs> like, well, you I was, must murder all of your competitors. <laughs> I was saying that I think What's his butt? Chef Ramsey is becoming a softie because he's he's been known for, you know, yelling at his staff and like Uh all the like super aggressive tactics and management. But I think in the same way they sent Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank to anger management, I think they might have done the same (laughs) thing for Ramsey. And they're different people now. I like this toned down, but still like the aggressiveness comes out occasionally. You can be firm and not like make me want to have a heart attack watching you have a heart attack. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The energy. That's how I felt last night with all the people who cared about football in my house. It kept reminding people to check their heart rate on their Apple watches <laughs> as they were watching the game. Cause I was like, take a breather. You're Just taking this way water. too seriously. Are you breathing? Are you actually breathing? No, I was a little afraid I wouldn't be able to podcast today because I don't normally watch sports, but if I watch them and I care, I tend to be the person who's yelling at the television, which sounds very counterintuitive to my personality in general, (laughs) but my throat hurts so yeah. bad from screaming yeah. yesterday. All of us were very groggy this morning. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> but I did order a new shirt. So Charlie Hustle, which is a retailer here in Kansas City that just like whips up the cutest graphic design tees for any occasion in Kansas City. And of course, right after we won, I started getting served ads for the new shirts. And there's one since the game was hosted in Arizona, I think it was called like Desert Showdown or something like that. And it has a cactus on it. And it's like super cute font. And so I bought it. Nice. (laughs) I figured out what I need a shirt. Yes. To commemorate. But what shirt is the question? Probably Desert Showdown. I'll I'll definitely take a look. They have hoodies and then the short sleeve shirts and they're very cute. So love it. Okay. Today's going to be a little bit of a different episode for you all. So I feel like this episode and it potentially might be two parts, but this episode and maybe the next one are going to serve as our like quick reference link for the 10 bajillion times a week that we get asked about our partnership. Mm -hmm. And our take on whether you should go into business with someone, our advice for that, how to manage communication or all of the things that come up with working closely with someone that you know in your business and like making them even a like C-suite level, but like partnership or, you know, in some regard to your business, your company. So we're going to go over all of the pros and cons of what we love about our partnership and what we don't love about it. And the lessons that we've learned over the past, well, nearly eight years now of doing this together. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll get a different take on some inside things. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely talk about the parts that suck and the things that I think can cause a lot of tension. And also some things that I would be mindful of and look out for if you were considering something like this, but perhaps in some of these areas, Emily and I, we don't necessarily fall victim to this issue, but it's enough of a potential issue that we're bringing it up anyway, because it can cause a lot of strife. And it's important to me that you guys are protected and know what you're getting yourself into. Yes. At the end of the day, that conversation isn't had enough. And honestly, like we didn't even do 
the self-reflection that we recommend other people do before we went into business together. A lot of what has just happened over the last few years has truly been, I feel like equal parts luck and vibe of our energies and intentional work to make sure that we're in a good spot. Yeah. And add to that before we even jump into it, I think a big part of the reason it has worked is when we started the partnership, we were both so early in our careers that like, it didn't feel like as big a deal. Right. Starting a partnership now. It would be a massive, massive consideration at this point in my career. Yes. Yes. Like we've had interest twice now, at least twice from someone who we know who was potentially interested in like being a third partner and coming in at a really high level. And we've had to like have conversations with our attorneys and draft up agreements and figure out like profits and buying stakes and like all of that. And that did not exist in 2015, 2014. No, we weren't purchasing shares of another person's company. We were going in quite lackadaisically, but these are all the things we didn't know. (laughs) These are all the things we didn't know. And we've either figured out or they haven't been a problem. But I want to say just because they haven't been a problem or they haven't exploded, I am always kind of not like on guard, but I'm always anticipating something that could happen. Absolutely. Literally never know. And I think one thing that I, I mean, one thing that I like about it, not that this is the pros part of it. So maybe I'll add further this discussion when we talk about that. But I do feel like both of us have like one toe in the, we're not a hundred percent convinced that we're never going to have a fight or a disagreement or something big happen. We know that that chance is always possible. Yep. And I think if we didn't do that, we'd be doing ourselves a disservice. I agree. Because we both have to, at the end of the day, protect our stake in our own company. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So that's part of it. Okay. So let's get into all the reasons you should never do this. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) Let's start at the top with a really obvious one. And I mean, it's honestly like the biggest, I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) Splitting profits is way worse than you realize. It's because truly your business has to be twice as big. Twice as big. For you to make as much. And part of that is really frustrating as you look to other businesses of similar sizes, because Emily and I would know, well, if they're doing just as well, they're still making twice as much as we are because there's only one of them. Yep. And a lot of you will grow and go your entire business with like you as the only CEO and founder. If you ever have another C-suite, it will be years down the road, years down the road. We've always had two C-suite, always from day one, when we weren't making very much money to when we made more money. And so it's not like we were able to like have a giant runway that a lot of you could have where you're like, saving cash and like deliberately scaling and growing and increasing before you yeah, bring on. It's also it. just as hard to save because yes. you need twice as much. There's less to chuck away for a rainy yep. day. There yep. just is period. Yep. It's the double edged sword of everyone's always like, Oh my gosh, you get twice as much done. And you just have like such like high level thinking happening all the time. Yes. And that's expensive. It's expensive. It's very very expensive. It's very expensive. And it's like, honestly, the thing where, you know, because we just like anyone else have tougher seasons or harder seasons or seasons where it's confused, like business is confusing. And we're like, what is going on? And what's the wall that we're up against and whatever. And truly like nine times out of 10, the actual frustration is because of what we like, quote unquote, have to make in order to afford everything we have within the company. And, and so it's like, have oh, well. to make as much, it wouldn't be right. stressful. It wouldn't be as stressful. And so that 
please know what you're signing up for. <laughs> like if you're truly yeah, so going into let's, 50. Let's say we're going to actually, because I need you guys to like actually get a picture of this. Say you're actually going to scale uh-huh. and build a million dollar company at a healthy, like deep margin of 30%, which I know you guys are like, that's crazy. But to get to a million dollars, 30% is high. Okay. 30% is 300,000. But if you have a partner, then that's only 150. And then if you have to additionally save your draw could be 80 to a hundred thousand on a million dollar, on a million dollar company. Like the amount of times we have a conversation where we're like, oh my God, we work so hard and like we get paid healthy salaries. I'm not saying that we don't, but to see the overall income oh, versus yeah. what we then split because there are two of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't take into account the seasons where you are saving more or right. you are making different decisions. Like, so do you want to build a right. million dollar company to make what? Some people like <laughs> Emily's. I'm not going to get into it, but Emily's brother's girlfriend. Like, uh-huh. She has a six figure salary, and she like yeah, and she doesn't have very, to be the founder of a company. <laughs> no, she's very early in her career, so yeah, there's a cost to running your own ship sometimes with splitting. Well, there's a cost no matter what. Like yes. there's <laughs> running a but business it literally general, doubles but when it, you have a partner. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about how it can feel like you're a total all the time. Well, so again, this is kind of that double-edged sword where a lot of people assume, oh, there's two of you. That means you get twice as much done. And in some seasons, that has been true. I am not going to argue that. We have definitely been the people who've like, oh, we decided we want to launch this thing within two weeks because both of us can divide and conquer. We make a ton more progress than a lot of other people. And as our team has grown, and obviously there's still the two of us, as the company gets bigger, then I'll just speak for myself, as the risk gets bigger, both to our reputation and to sales and to the direction of the company in general, the bigger that gets, the slower things take to make a decision on, to get out into the world, to pivot on. And that can be both a benefit and a detriment to the overall growth of our company. Yeah. And it going slow has all sorts of pros and cons, but as someone who typically entrepreneurs like to be swift decision makers, you get that idea in the shower and you want to map it out the next day. It doesn't always work that way in a partnership. Now Mm -hmm. this next one, this is a huge thing to consider when you go into partnership with someone all of a sudden, all liabilities are shared. Yeah. And now granted, you're not taking on any sort of personal liabilities, but every risk as well as reward, but every risk that you're taking on your business is a shared risk. Yep. And you don't know what you don't know. So like, if you're newer to the relationship, has your partner ever defaulted on a previous loan or credit card payment? Like what is their financial history? Well, then like, what are their financial values in comparison to yours? Like there are some people who always just want to make the minimum payment and maybe are okay with not okay, but like are less scared of like, well, if we had to file for bankruptcy, then that's what happens. Or if we have to take out another loan, then that's what happens. Like There are financial values that need to be in alignment when you're both responsible for that money. Yeah. And you have to get on the same page, but God forbid you were in a situation where you did take on actual liabilities as in like expenses or loans or whatever. And the other person flaked or walked. Right. Like you're both 50%. I mean, assuming you have a 50, 50 partnership, you're both 50% liable for that. But if they walk, it's a hundred percent on you to figure it out. Yep. And so you have to be aware that like in many ways, when Emily and I joke that this is a more complicated financial and personal relationship than our marriage, we are not joking. Like it would be so much harder to untangle everything that this has its tendrils into at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is not a way for it to end amicably if there was an issue. Yeah. Right. 
Well, and there could be the thing about, you know, if you, especially if you're coming into partnership with someone later in life, if they have had a turbulent financial history before getting with you in yeah. business, you guys might not like be accepted for certain loans and yeah. grants or whatever. Yeah, because your personal credit and financial history will be taken into account if you were to apply for some of those things. And so... Yeah. We were young and dumb and didn't have anything didn't except know for what any of that loans. meant or what it mean or whatever. None of that. No, no, no. I do want to kind of back up for a second because we keep saying the word partner and 50% responsible. The conversation we're having is true 50-50 business partners. This is not you're hiring an employee nope. and you want them on senior leadership or a nope. C-suite. That's not a partner. And if you're using the P word for someone who is not equally responsible like you, don't do it's it. Inappropriate. On so many don't levels for so many reasons. But, but yeah. yeah, we're very specifically talking about a legal partnership, legal, a legal partnership. agreement, legally owning 50% stake in the That's same something. company. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this other one kind of goes back to the projects and tasks can take longer, but. There's definitely the absolute requirement on getting a buy-in on your ideas and the ways in which you want to run and grow your business. So in the same sense where I was talking about like making sure you're in alignment with like financial values, you also need to be in alignment with lifestyle values and how much you want to work and what energy you want to bring to work and how much you want to grow, what size of company you want how you want to create your culture and your dynamics within your company. There are so many things that like define the culture of your space that you absolutely have to be on the same page when it comes to not just like new offer and launching ideas, but like overall people management and growth ideas as well. Well, and the thing that's crazy is like the synergy Emily and I had is indescribable, but also like all the things that we couldn't have possibly anticipated. I'm just imagining if you're further along in your career, anything, any scenario that's ever come up ever can come up again. And so like you have to, in many ways, feel charged with the same plan, <laughs> same convictions. Otherwise, you can't have a true 50-50 split because then there's no, who's the ultimate decision maker? In some right. ways, you have to... There's no way, shape or, right? There's no way, shape, or form that one of us would get a dreamy idea in the shower and then come to work the next days and weeks and completely launch a new initiative without the other person being a part of that conversation, like ever. No, ever. Which means you have to communicate your ideas early, sometimes before you've thought through everything. Which, depending on your relationship. I've seen a lot of people get really bent out of shape because they're sharing early ideas with a partner that's okay. just shooting them down. Yeah. And then they're like feeling undervalued. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm very lucky that Emily will take any idea I have and at least yeah, listen we, to it. <laughs> like, yeah. And we try to preface the conversation where it's like, this is not a complete thought, but it popped into my brain today and I just want to get it out into the universe. Yeah. And sometimes that's where that stays and it doesn't yeah. grow and expand or turn into anything. And sometimes it does. Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step -step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Okay, this next one. It's a lot. Communication. Well, pretty much all of this comes back to some level of communication and yeah. being on the same page. But it seems I wouldn't have anticipated how much it requires you to communicate your personal needs. Yes. On every level. And identifying your boundaries and being self-aware about what triggers you and what motivates you and what you know, helps you prioritize or move forward or be creative or whatever it is, truly, truly the amount of self-awareness that we have both individually had to learn and tap into so that we could tell the other person what we needed in any given situation. It was way more than I could have ever anticipated. And it's not to say that you can't have some private thoughts or private discussions, but you got to keep in mind that pretty much any private decision will at some point trickle back to your working relationship. Oh, yes. And so like, it's in your best interest because you own the company to be transparent with your partner, which unless you're willing to like put every part of your life under a microscope with someone else, like it can get Really. really wild. Because then, I mean, obviously you get to decide and your relationship can dictate how much detail you go into. But we're talking like, Abby knows way more about like my mental health, my physical health, my marriage, my relationships, my personal finances, my anxieties, my stressors, because it affects not just my job. This isn't just me clocking in and going to work. This isn't a colleague at a company that you work for. That's not this. This is our livelihood and the livelihood of five other people. Yeah. So that communication every single day is required. And sometimes it's just communicated by we hop on a Zoom and it's a meeting and our immediate tone and personality or vibe tells the other person where we're at for that day. But sometimes it's a text, it's a phone call, it's a private discussion. Yeah. And sometimes these are months in advance of bigger decisions, Yeah, knowing what's coming down the pike, knowing what things could pop up. Even if, I mean, again, like you guys get to decide what level of detail, but imagine a family member gets a incredibly challenging diagnosis. Like your partner is in your top three contacts of who you're telling. Yep. Likely the same day you find out. Yep. 
And if you're not willing to do that, then like, why are you doing this with someone? And my head even goes to like, if something happens to me, it's like, okay, Brian's going to call my parents and then you, (laughs) and then like, then the chain can start. But it's like, that's the level of communication. It's like parents, spouse, and business partner, like on the same level of like (laughs) importance across the board. Yeah. It's very wild. Like, and you can have a different relationship. It's not to say it has to be personal, but it, but the impacts on that transparency are really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. And I will say the knowing the partner's personal financial situation, while all of that can feel like an invasion, sometimes it feels like a way to be there for a friend. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But some of the topics that are just required that we have to get into, yeah. I'm like, I don't know this about anyone else. Like, I don't oh, even know this oh. about my parents. hundred percent. And like, <laughs> so it's like a very no. deep level of understanding. And-, and it's not just understanding in the sense of like, okay, you know, we're looking to remodel or we're looking to move or we're looking here are our big financial goals. Like that's definitely part of it. That's like the surface level part. But it's also the like deeper, like, here's what my relationship to money is. Uh And here's how my job and how much I make or when I get paid intertwines with that relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And how can we both come to an agreed solution and plan so that we both feel comfortable financially not just by what we're making, but how it's being made and coming in and like all of the things. Well, and say you guys apply for a loan together. There is a possibility that you come into contact with a spreadsheet or a right. a form that includes all of your partner's personal assets, retirement yep. information, financial details, mortgage payment, like, I mean, everything. everything. Yep. Like no stone unturned level of detail. Uh-huh. And that's weird. And yep. you have to treat it with respect. Yep. And I mean, this has never happened to us, but I can absolutely see it backfiring as ammunition in a fight or I mean right. all right. sorts of I mean, that's never been an issue for us, but like Well, yeah, because everything that we're talking about goes back to like this self-awareness of when you know this information about someone else. Can you compartmentalize that with how they show up at work and Mm -hmm. how they want to grow the business and how you would do life or make a decision differently than someone else, but yet you're making all of these decisions together, like Mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. Same thing in the sense of splitting profits is annoying. You have to like literally cut every dollar in half. Us traveling, going to events, going to conferences costs twice as much as the regular person because there are two of us. Mm -hmm. And so getting us to, but like it has a bigger effect than maybe you think like this isn't just for like business travel or like getting to go to conferences. When we've been asked to speak, our speaker rate is so high because there are two of us and both of us leaving the business and getting there costs twice as much that we've like, haven't done a lot of speaking deals because financially it isn't worth it for us. Mm -hmm. And then just with that in mind, like also if you get into courses, coaching, et cetera, it doesn't always mean it's twice as much, but it's so frustrating to see other educators assume they should charge twice as much because there's two people when I'm like, it's it's one business. I'm making all the decisions inside one business and I already have to make twice as much anyway. So why are you charging me twice as much when yes, we both benefit from it, but like, it doesn't mean we're going to get twice the results because there's not getting twice the result and we're not doing it for two businesses. (laughs) Anyway, that's the pet peeve of mine. Prepare yourself to potentially pay twice as much for education. Yep. Absolutely. Now, (laughs) Again, okay, this next section has not come up for us. Thank God. Thank fucking Dumbledore every day for this. (laughs) But when Emily's talking about the toe in the like, Mm -hmm. the puddle kind of could happen, something could happen. These are the things that Emily and I are uniquely aware of. Everything Mm -hmm. else has been stuff that's annoying that we've dealt with that it is definitely still a con like I'm not like those things are rough 
and we've worked through it. These things haven't come up, but like we've watched it tear other relationships apart. So many. So many. We've watched like, and relationships that are also like trying to continue to work it out. We've just looked on the outside being like, oh man, there's a lot of self-awareness and inner work that's going to need to be done to get to a better place. And these are really big, you know, what they call like in marriage, what is it like the four horsemen in marriage? And like, if one of these things happen, that it's potentially catastrophic, that's this. And then, I mean, all of this comes down to communication again, but like, these are the things that you just have to really be mindful of. So the first one being like, obviously in a marriage, any sort of disagreement could escalate to the point of divorce. Mm -hmm. But disagreements in a business not only could cause you to close the business because you disagree on how to run it, but you could literally fuck up the whole thing. Like you could literally lose the business because of the way you're arguing. Do you know that? Like, it's hard to explain, but it's like, because it's a financial entity, a disagreement could cause the business to go down in flames, regardless if that was your intention or not. I think we saw this, you know, pretty early on in our business, there were two other people who were in business together and we had kind of connected of just like, Oh, partner to partner kind of thing. And within, you know, a year and a half to two years, their partnership was dissolving full on due to disagreements on like their overall vision for their business and for what they wanted to do. And I think, you know, that being our first taste of, Ooh, that's how easy we could lose what we have. Yeah. What do we need to be doing to make sure we're on the same page? And it's not to say you can't disagree because a hundred percent, Emily and I definitely still have disagreements, but they're not necessarily fights or no. escalations of any kind. No, you can disagree on the direction and still pro con it out and work it out yeah. together. But at the end of the day, any sort of disagreement we've had ever, we have come to a mutual conclusion. I don't think there's a single thing we've left on the table that we are like, agree to disagree. And then we just move on like literally zero. No. Well, and because both of us also have a very similar thinking process in the sense of if we are not one way or the other, like all this way or all that way, if individually one of us, we will be open with the other person of just being like, we know that this is an issue. We know we haven't made a decision on this. I still don't know which way I'm going to go. You don't either. Cool. Okay. Let's just keep readdressing it. We'll bring it up every couple of days, once a week, once a month, depending on how big the thing is. But there are absolute times where we're like, we know we want to do something, but we don't know what it is yet. And it's not that we're not agreeing. It's just like, neither one of us had brought up an idea like well enough to progress it yet. And so just in my mind, isn't, always necessarily even a disagreement. Like sometimes it's just not a fully thought through idea or direction. Yeah. Yeah. So this next one I think is the biggest. I think it is the thing that could cause the disagreement that could cause the business to go down in flames. Yes. Yes. It's when you all have a mismatch in duties that results in one of you and or both of you at some point resenting the other because you're having the thought process of I'm working harder than you. Mm -hmm. I do more in the business than you. I, you know, made more money. I had the business make more money than you. And where you're not understanding the role that the other person plays because they either aren't playing a big enough role and they shouldn't have been made partner in the first place, (laughs) which is typically the conversation that needs to be had. Mm -hmm. But The one, and again, we'll have a whole episode on pros, but like the conversation that you and I have continued to learn how to have is the like, ultimately, what are we after? What's the timeline that both of us feel good about doing it? And then how can both of us help us get there? As new things pop up in our business, there's absolutely had to be conversations. We had one really recently where you were really overwhelmed about a lot of stuff on your plate and you were like, okay, this thing is new. So we need to like get back in alignment on who's owning what. Let's brain dump, list all the things out. Can you take some stuff? Oh, great. I took some stuff. You felt immensely better. It was super clear moving forward and now we're figuring it out. But it wasn't to like, You didn't let it get to the resentment stage. No, and I have made that mistake before of waiting too long. And not that Mm -hmm. I was like going to leave the business or like 
yell at you because a i'm not that kind of person in general like if i get to the point of resentment it's usually sadness and disappointment in myself which is probably a trauma relation (laughs) but no i have waited too long in the past and that's caused issue but part of it is like you need to speak up when you need more help yep i think one of the secrets the reason it has worked out for us is very few times, very, very few times, has it been coming to the table and saying, you're not doing enough. Oh, like it has always been, this is what's on my plate. I need help. How can we work, like get clear on who can own what? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, my role in the business and Emily's role in the business, we will both acknowledge every three to six months, sometimes a year, but usually every three to six months, yeah. something about our day-to-day job description is different. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have check-ins with each other about, in the same way you would with a spouse have, what's it called? Fair play. If yeah. you didn't have that like fair play conversation, it's a fair play conversation about who's owning what. But what I've seen happen is like there was some sort of agreement and this is usually how it starts is there was some sort of agreement up front of I'm going to do this part of the business and you're going to do this part of the business and then you get into it and there is a discrepancy in the sheer amount of effort and time it takes to do one part or the other yep and instead of revisiting how you guys are dividing and conquering this thing starts brewing of this person who's like putting in 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And this other person who's putting five or 10. And part of the issue here is sometimes depending on how the partnership was initially related, there could have been this like weird alignment thing happening where like you guys valued thought leadership over time in the business. But then when you got into it, you realize that that actually sucks most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not saying you can't have someone who's like leading the charge on strategy and have someone who's working more in the business. But like, I've very rarely seen that work out. As a partner, if you want someone to work more in your business, hire a doer. A hundred percent. Promote them. Great. Pay them well. Don't bring on a partner to do more than 50% of the time labor. Right. And this is where we've seen the mismatch where we've had conversations with other business owners and we're trying to help them get into alignment where they've gotten it to the level of resentment. Uh-huh. And one of them- It's already there. They're like- It's already there. One of them wants to you know, be a little bit more lackadaisical about their duties and their time. And the other person is convinced that if they don't do all of these things, then their business isn't going to even be around. That is a mismatch in a lot of areas, not just one. And so it's really important to integrate your like work ethic values, what you want to happen in the business Mm -hmm. and the timeline that you want it to happen in. And those three things kind of come together to be like, okay, well, if we said by the end of the year, we want this, then this is going to require for both of us. Does that sound good? Or do we want to push this goal out to two years or change the goal or not have this goal or whatever? Yeah, because like if one person was like, Right. Wanting to make lifestyle decisions. And the other person is like, I'd rather work to get it to this goal. Yeah. It's going to implode. It's going to implode. Yep. Yep. The biggest thing that I feel like we have to always make sure that we are in agreement on is, are we in a growth phase or a maintenance phase? Yeah. And then what does that mean? For both of us. Uh, Right. Keeping it very similar. Not to say, and we'll talk about this more in the pros section. Not to say there can't be seasons where the other person picks up more slack. There can for be. Sure. For but, sure. But that's, We've both had to do that for each other for various reasons. It needs to be a short-lived, agreed upon yep. for reasons that, like, and we'll get into that. But, like, yep. on the, like, normal day-to-day, if you guys are both operating at full capacity, how you are dividing and conquering is literally critical to the long-term Yep. Stabilization of a partnership. Yep. Yep. And I think the thing that kind of correlates with this, and it doesn't always happen with a mismatch. You guys may have very clear duty alignments, Mm -hmm. but then say something isn't working for whatever reason, not making enough money, not converting high enough, not performing the way you thought it would. Someone isn't getting up to speed with training as fast as you thought they would. Someone hasn't, whatever. 
And this isn't always passing the blame from partner to partner. I also see passing the blame as a potential issue from partner to any member of the team. Yes. And if you're not willing to take ownership, it's going to not work. (laughs) And it's so frustrating to see. We've seen it in many, many clients. It could be, again, not your partnership, but a contractor you hired or an employee you hired, and they're not doing what, you know, whatever you're expecting to be done. And it's such a triggered response because ultimately, if you really dove down into that feeling, you're frustrated, you're confused, you're disappointed, you're whatever, right? And we're going to place the blame and put it over here onto someone else. But it is a detriment when it's being put on your partner. Because like as shitty as it sounds, like if you do that to an employee or a contractor, that person might quit. And then you go find someone else to do that role. Like it's not fun. And you can mismanage them and you you can can mismanage them (laughs) and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. But with a partner, that's not available to you. No. If you continue to mismanage that, you won't be in business. Yep. Well, and I feel like we can both say this, but like there have been things that have been fucked up in our business where we made a mistake. We did the wrong thing. We made the wrong move. We should have done this, whatever, right? I have literally never said publicly or privately and been like, well, if Abby hadn't done that, then this wouldn't have happened. Oh, no. Literally never, ever. And it's never that simple, first of all. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. Blaming someone else is not that simple. It doesn't fix anything. Nope. And even if they had a stake in it, so did you. So did you. And so like own the parts of it that are fucked and move forward together. But also so much of this comes down to instead of passing the blame, this is a self-growth and self-development thing where you have to be willing to not get so frustrated when things don't go your way and work towards solutions. And I think so much of our culture is backed in creating an environment of experimentation where like things aren't failures, things are failed experiments, which are not the same thing. And so it's okay if it's a failed experiment because then you review the results Mm -hmm. and analyze what you could do better next time or decide to not pursue that particular avenue again. And it's okay because it's just a failed experiment. Yeah. I will say what I'm not talking about, because we've also heard of these things happening before is if you have a partner or someone high up who literally like steals your IP or steals money from you and then makes like a competitor business or whatever, like, then you can blame that person. They're a turd. <laughs> right. But that's also like, then there was clearly not communication right. and you clearly weren't in alignment in the first place. And Right, right. There was a mishap really early happening. on. Yeah. yeah. But God, when we've seen that happen, I'm like, oh, and then typically there's lawsuits involved 100%. and it gets real messy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to close with this because this is like the potentially saddest part of the entire conversation. Seriously. seriously, And I, you know, Emily and I have talked about one of the benefits of us starting is that the business started as a partnership and it grew into a friendship. And I will never disagree that that has been a huge, huge reason it's been successful. But it doesn't mean we're not friends now. Exactly. (laughs) My God. (laughs) When you have this level of detail about someone's life and you work together day in and day out for potentially years on end. Like if you don't develop some sort of caring relationship with the other person, like, are you a psychopath? You have issues. (laughs) You have way bigger issues. And so even if it were amicably potentially closing the business Regardless of the circumstances that caused you to close it, it's very likely to mean losing a friend at the same time. I would say the only reason it wouldn't is if you amicably decided to close it because you were moving on with your lives and it was a mutual right, decision right. to move on. You like sold it together. You sold or- it together. Mm-hmm. You closed it together for whatever reason. Right. But right. like closing it on any sort of bad terms at all or in a tense environment, like even if like you agreed. Like, right. To say like you agreed it was in your best interest to close it, but you were declaring bankruptcy or right. there right. was some right. other like finance, like 
if there was any sort of bad blood, literally even a sliver of it, mm-hmm. the likelihood of losing that person as a friend too is so high. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked often about being in business together, even if it weren't what we're doing right now, because we do truly like doing business well together. And what I will find interesting is if like, you know, say for instance, like we sell what is known as BP right now. And then we like, okay, that gets like shut down. And then we start something else. We would technically be starting something else as friends. Like we were business partners prior, but we would be in a whole different relationship space in a new venture than where we started BP. And so I think it's just... Which makes the new thing actually more dangerous from a yes, lot of standpoint. Yes, yes, Now, great. But, but hopefully we would be armed with all the skills we've been learning in the last eight years. <laughs> There's, I mean, not to say that there aren't amazing reasons why we wouldn't do it, but mm-hmm. because we have all of the history, it does make it more complicated. So all of that to say, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> These are... Literally all the things that could happen within the first month. Or years Mm -hmm. down the road. And, you know, there are more cons. This is literally on the surface level. It's crazy. It really is. Like, you have to be absolutely nuts to do this. I literally think the only reason we are doing this is before we realized how crazy it was, we were already too knee deep into it. <laughs> we were well on our way to making it yeah. work. So come back. We definitely next. had naivete on our side for Naive- a while. What we didn't know was not hurting us for, for a time, but that is, but now we know. Now come back next time for all the reasons we do love our partnership, but you still shouldn't do it. <laughs> Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.